Welcome to the war from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, I mentioned last week um, that uh, I didn't know whether we were going to get to do any uh, any uh, episodes of GI Journal. But I found that I couldn't find a really good follow-up to what we heard yesterday. So I decided to grab an episode of GI Journal. This one comes from May 4th of 1945. And really in its early days, it had uh, more of a newspaper feel uh, from that sort of format. But uh, really uh, that became a much thinner veneer by the time we get to today's episode. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to a GI Journal, which is at this point just a variety show, from May 4th, 1945, with Lucille Ball, Bob Hope, Arthur Treacher, and more. The Armed Forces Radio Service presents The GI Journal goes to press with a star-studded staff of your favorite reporters: Lucille Ball, Rochester, Arthur Treacher, Connie Haynes, private sad sack Mel Blank, Dick Arant of the band, and yours truly, Harry Mitchell. And hello. Okay, I'll connect you with the city desk and the man who answers the phone in the Jerry Colonna program. Your editor in chief, Bob Hope. <laughs> Say you want to place an ad in our paper? Just a minute, I'll get a pencil. Yes, yes, I got it. Okay, I'll print it up. Well, let's get this paper out. Let's see now. Where's my new sports editor? Double blank, dealer's choice, three and two, Brody bum out, going to the SNR. You're the new sports editor? Can you cover a baseball game? Yes, senor. I am Pedro Martinez. Baseball is right up my dog out. I covered a big game last night between the Los Angeles Angels and the Pismo Beach Clams. Last night's game was between Los Angeles and Seattle. Oh, they may be Seattle to you, but they play like clams. Pedro, I don't think you were at Wrigley Field at all. Oh, see, senor, the first inning was beautiful. The lights went down, soft music began playing, and a pretty girl came out on the stage with very little clothes on and did a lovely dance. Now I know you weren't at Wrigley Field. Oh, this was even more Wrigley. Why, <laughs> Pedro, you ought to be ashamed of yourself going to a place like that where they have nothing but soft lights and beautiful women with smooth white shoulders and shapely limbs and gorgeous curves and... and... <laughs> oh, boss, I hope you won't fire me because of one little mistake. Of course not, Pedro. I'm very broad-minded. That's what I heard. In fact, I go to a burlesque theater occasionally myself. <laughs> Thank you for not firing me, senor. My whole family thanks you. Now they will all buy the G.I. Journal. 
Oh, that's fine, Pedro, but we still need more circulation than that. Oh, we have a very big family. My parents have 32 children. How come they didn't try for 64? <laughs> Pedro, boy. You are comical. You are comical. <laughs> One reading at a time, please. <laughs> we really are 32 children, 16 boys and 15 girls. It's only 31. Where's the other one? I don't know. The last time we saw him, he was flying over Glendale without a plane. <laughs> well, I must go to lunch now. I'm going to get myself a nice hot enchilada. Okay, Pedro, and call me if she has a friend. Well, I better get my secretary and go with the mail. Oh, Connie. Connie Haynes. Uh, yes, please. Well, what's on tap, Connie? Here's a letter that came to Love Lawn, editor. You better take care of it. Well, why doesn't he take care of it? <laughs> His wife is chasing him around the block. <laughs> okay, I'll read it. It says, Dear Love Lawn, editor, I've always been a shy, bashful person. I shun the company of the opposite sex. Girls frighten me. Then last week I read your column on women. Now I'm as gay as the next fellow. I seek female companionship without any qualms. Life is beautiful. Who's that from? It's just signed Errol. <laughs> Oh, yes, here's the return address. Errol Smugglemeyer, Los Angeles, California. Probably a relative. Here's another one here. Uh, it's addressed to you. Hmm, an invitation to Lucille Ball's big charity bazaar. Oh, let's see that, Connie. Hmm, dear Bob, we're running a charity bazaar on the lawn of my home in Beverly Hills tomorrow afternoon. I know you won't have any trouble finding the house because my bedroom window is just a short distance from the end of your telescope. <laughs> Fine thing. That's a low-down line. I wish I had a stronger lens. Anything else in the invitation? Yes, it says, I know I can count on you for appearing, Bob, as it is a very worthwhile cause and sandwiches are free. <laughs> Gee, that ought to be some swanky affair, Chief. Just think of it. All the biggest names in Hollywood will be there. And you, too. <laughs> what do you mean, me, too? I've often been called one of the biggest names in Hollywood. Yeah, but not in mixed company. Yeah. Well, gee, if I'm going to a blowout like that, I've got to get myself a chauffeur. Say, I know just the guy, Connie. You set up the song page of journal. I've got a little stop to make. Okay. Here's the wolf call set to music, fellas. A hover, hover, hover. Every time the lights are low and start to get me old. Oh, <laughs> 
732 South Maple. This looks like the house where I'll get my chauffeur. I'll ring the bell. Jack Benny's residence, room $3 and up. Uh, why, Mr. Hope, I'm glad to see you. Not so loud. Is Mr. Benny home? No, he's exercising over at the YWCA. <laughs> well, what kind of exercise can you get over at the YWCA? Those pantoms are pretty high. <laughs> I thought Jack was more of the keyhole type, but I'm glad he isn't around. I have a little proposition for you, Rochester. I think you'll find it interesting. At my present rate of income, any proposition is interesting. <laughs> Morning. Thank you. That's a nice sign over the door. You're entering the home of Hollywood's most famous lover. <laughs> That's the last. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Mr. Benny still goes with girls. Yeah, but what good does it do to them? Mount Baldy hasn't been active for 30 years. <laughs> Won't you sit down, Mr. Hope? You know, I often entertain in this room. I remember a party I gave here last Thanksgiving. Was it successful? Certainly was. The patrol wagon didn't come till December 18th. <laughs> Well, let's forget about that, Rochester. I want to talk to you about something. I want you to do a little job for me. What kind of employment did you have in mind? Well, it isn't exactly employment, Rochester. That is not for pay. It's more of a favor. I'm just finishing an eight-year favor for Mr. Benny. <laughs> well, what I want you to do is very simple. I want to make an impression, so I want you to be my chauffeur when I go to Lucille Ball's Charity Bazaar. I don't mind driving you to the bazaar, but Mr. Hope, let's eliminate that word charity. All right, I'll show you I can be as generous as the next man here. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. Now I can buy that little house in the country. You can? Yeah, that little house in back of the big house. <laughs> well, just just follow me, Rochester. My car's out here. Okay. Uh-uh. What's the matter? Poor Mr. Benny went out in a hurry today and he forgot his toothpaste. Well, Jack doesn't really need it, does he? Oh, no. <laughs> well, he tips his hat. He'll be showing more skin than Gypsy Rose Lee. <laughs> well, here's my automobile. Uh, what kind is it? A convertible? No, I drove it to Griffith Park last night and looked around once and blew its top. <laughs> uh, I, I can't drive this kind of car, Mr. Hope. I'm used to Mr. Benny's car. Well, what's Mr. Benny's car got that this hasn't got? Oh, uh, foot pedals. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you press the pedal halfway down, you're in first. If you press the pedal three-quarters of the way down, you're in second. What happens if you pe press the pedal all the way down? <laughs> the organ plays, let's take the long way home. <laughs> well, we slopped that up pretty well. Okay, and I'll drive you and you be my footman. When we get there, you jump out and open the door for me. <laughs> Not a very good driver. Why do you say that? Well, don't you know what that long white line down the center of the road means? Sure, the good humor man is in front of us and his vanilla is leaking. <laughs> well, here's Lucille Ball's house. I'll park between these two cars. I'll back in. How's it on your side, Rochester? Plenty of room. Come straight back. Back, back, back. You got her about a foot. <laughs> So I've got a short ethic. Gee, Rochester, look how nice the lawn is fixed up. Tables, booths, and look at that lantern with a Halloween face. Mr. Hope, that's Arthur Teacher.
hello, Rochester. Nice of you to drop over. By the way, who's your chauffeur? Why, that's Mr. Bob Hope. Oh, I'm glad to see he's working at last. <laughs> now, just a minute, Treacher. I happen to be well-known in this town. Yeah, so let's have no foolishness with the silver world. <laughs> Are you insinuating I steal knives and forks? Oh, nothing of the sort, sir. All I've heard is that when a person eats at your home, he doesn't know whether he's having dinner with you or the Santa Fe. <laughs> Tell me, where can I find Lucille Ball? This ball is right up there on the veranda. Thanks, Preacher. I'll go up and say hello. Oh, by the way, sir. There's a little pool on the way. from the fish pond, and we find him now on the veranda looking for Miss Ball. Oh, Lucille! Lucille Ball! Here I am, Bob! Well, I got your invitation, Lucille. I'm all ready to make your bazaar a big success. What do you want me to do? Nothing. I promised some entertainment. <laughs> oh, come now, Lucille. I want to help this bazaar. You know how I feel about charity. Yes, I do. Are you getting much lately? Well, how do I look? <laughs> I, I, I didn't write it, you know. Please, Lucille, I have a swell idea. Just give me a booth of my own and I'll sell kisses for $5 a piece. You sell kisses? Why, in 20 minutes, you'd pucker us right out of business. <laughs> Just try me out. Last girl I kissed said murder. <laughs> Maybe that's what she preferred. <laughs> but you can help out in some of the games we've prepared for the guests. Great. What can I do? You know those rings you throw around a peg? Yes. Just stand there and tilt your nose. <laughs> well, it comes in handy for spearing olives out of martinis anyway. <laughs> Uh, there's another thing you can do, Bob. Later in the evening, we're having a tableau. You know, lifelike poses of famous historical scenes. And there's a part in one of them that fits you to a key. It's called The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. Oh, it'll be beautiful. Just picture it. The curtain goes up, the spotlight hits the stage, and there you are. Paul Revere? Not exactly. The horse? Not entirely. 
plays the front end, and Bing Crosby plays Paul Revere. There's not much left, is there? <laughs> now look, if you think I'm going to stand there and let Crosby make it, he's done that enough already. <laughs> You can appear in an in an English play that we're giving. An English play? Mm-hmm. Let me see it. Oh, good. It's called I Have a Callus from Riding to the Hounds, or That's Why I'm Tall in the Saddle. <laughs> Arthur Treacher and Rochester already have their parts, so let's run through it. Rochester, are you ready to rehearse our English drama? Quite so, my lady. Two-two, definitely. Here, look over your part, Bob. Hmm, as the scene opens, the Duke and Duchess of Trickingham. Oh! At Trickingham, they are in the breakfast room. The Duke speaks. Oh, dear, sheep's kidneys again. Dull, isn't it? Sheep are such stupid little beasts, aren't they? They must be to let folks steal their kidneys from under them. <laughs> By the way, where's our butler, Smedley? Here he comes. Hello, pip pip, I'm Bobkin and three of two on any nine of five. <laughs> Congratulations, you got to it. Serve that. Serve the breakfast, Smedley. Tea for my lady? Yes. Tea for my lord? Yes. Good. Do you mind splitting the bag? <laughs> you think she's still working for Benny? <laughs> Tell me, my dear, how do you like my new sport outfit? Sport outfit? Haven't you noticed? Smoke monocles? Well, it does set off. It's written here, that's all. <laughs> I'm here to do a job, and there it is. <laughs> what do you want me to leave it out and not give her a cue? Smoke my... Rodney, darling, it does set off your pretty eyes. By the way, which eye is it in? Customary one, middle. <laughs> I think I should take off my monocle now. <laughs> I fit, what? comes home from school. Jolly. He's done so well at school, hasn't he? Jolly. How do you think it'll be to have him back at home with us? Lousy. <laughs> Announcing the arrival of Master Reggie, fourth Earl of Twittingham, squire of Plumley, and better known to his intimates as the Little Thinker. <laughs> Reggie, my baby. Oh, Mumsy, I've been so lonely. <laughs> Lengthy little monster, is he? <laughs> well, son, how are you getting along at school? Swimmingly, Peter. How did you spend your time at school? Swimming. You know, I made, I made splendid strides at Harrow, Peter. We're even. Now Smoke Monocle meets that swimming. We're uh, even. You know, I, I, I really have made frightfully big strides at Harrow, Peter. <laughs> Terrific ones. Last term, they made me proctor of the lower classmen. A proctor, indeed. What are your duties? Well, when the little boys raise their hands, I give them the keys. <laughs> and you know, do you know, 
I, I've done wonderfully well in my studies, passed all my exams with flying colors. Oh, Rodney, isn't that wonderful? And he's only 43 years old. <laughs> you must be hungry, boy. Here, sit down. Smedley, fetch some breakfast for Master Reggie. Delighted. What'll it be, Master? Kippers, kidneys, sweetbreads, or do you want to eat? I should like some boiled eggs, my good man. How do you want them? Three minutes? Oh, dear me, no, no, no. Two minutes? No, indeed, no. One minute? No. I'll get a chicken and let her lay it right in your plate. <laughs> Very well, toodaloo. <laughs> and, 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 Peter, there's something else I've talked to you about. Uh, love. Love has entered my life. I've met a girl. You've met a girl? You met a girl? What, you expect a goat? <laughs> Frankly, yes. <laughs> There's on my last trip to London, just as I was leaving Waterloo Station, I met the cutest little baggage. Where? Baggage room. <laughs> tell me, tell me, Peter, what should I do? If nobody calls for her in 30 days, she's yours. If nobody calls for her in 30 days, she's yours. <laughs> I heard Milk it. monocle. What's that other one? Swimming. Yes. Well, I'll have to be running along now. But, Peter, Peter, I've just come home. Where in the world are you going? Don't ask so many questions and hand me the key. Yes. Hi there. This is Connie, and here's G.I. Journal's original song of the week. It's a romantic ballad, just a little torchy, called Candle Burning Blue. Words and music by Star Sergeant Roy Brodsky. And I think you'll be hearing a lot of Candle Burning Blue.
Donnie Hayes. And G.I. Journal's congratulations to Roy Broadstage. And now back to Bob Hope and Lucille Ball, who've just finished rehearsing their play. Well, Bob, I guess our little English play ought to be a big hit, huh? We uh, should bring the house down with us under it. Let's, let's take a walk around the grounds. Isn't this a beautiful evening, Bob? Yeah. Yeah, let's go out in the garden, Lucille, where we can be alone. Well, can I, can I trust you? No, but let's go anyway. <laughs> All right. Here we are. Sit here, Bob. Oh, gee, Lucille, you make me feel romantic. Oh, it's just this perfume I'm wearing. Midnight in Paris. I wouldn't care if it was curfew in Santa Monica. <laughs> oh, Lucille, you look so exciting, sitting here close to me in the moonlight. Oh, Bob. Yes? A penny for your thoughts. A penny? Mm-hmm. Will Hayes would pay me a fortune to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> well, if that's the case, we better go back to the bazaar. I've got to check up on how much money we've taken in at the kissing booth. Okay, I may go for a few of those if the price is right. I don't think so. This booth is a little different. I've got the handsomest man in the army selling kisses to the girls. Doesn't anybody want to smooch? Say, who is this guy anyway? For me, I, I, I'm a general character and make a loot to the private tad pass. So you're selling kisses, huh? Oh, oh, sure. I'll uh, kiss anybody for uh, five to do uh, anybody for I'll kiss anybody for five to do uh, five to do it. Uh, uh, <laughs> It'll cost you ten, brother. <laughs> well, Jack, how have you been doing at this booth? Oh, oh great. I've kissed it. Eighteen beautiful girls. Really? How much money did you take in? Oh, I, I, I made a fortune. I'm, I, I've taken in a pilot. I've taken in a pilot. A pilot. It cost me 20 bucks. <laughs> Say, you haven't had enough experience with this kind of work, Sack. Let me take over for a while. Okay, uh, lover boy. Watch this, Lucille. Come in, girls. Come in and get your salad smackers here. Come on, gals. Hot lip Pope is on the scene. Ah, here's a charming little lady. Step right up, miss. For $5, I'll vulcanize your pucker. And remember, it's all for charity. The charity begins at home. Of course. Then why didn't you stay there? If <laughs> if step down, no passion. <laughs> yes, Bob. This is sax boot. Yes, yes, certainly. I've I've worked in all kinds of business. But the carnival. Carnival. When? Right before I enlisted, before I enlisted, before I enlisted, before they dragged me to Fort McCarthy. I tell you what, Jack, here's $5. I'll buy a kiss from you right now. Okay. Now, now you take me in your arms and look into my eyes. Yes. 
Now, now press your lips against mine. It's the, it's the, the tight fit. What? Well, gang, that reloads up this week's edition. Certainly does. Smoke Monaco. But before we go, I want to thank our star reporters for getting out tonight's G.I. Journal. Lucille Ball, Arthur Treacher, Rochester, Tommy Haynes, and Private Sad Sack Malblank. This is Bob Hope saying so long, man. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, kencurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, greatdetectives.net.